0: Hi, guys. Welcome to The Church Split. My name is Will, and we have Julius with us today. We do not have Brian. Uh, So, guys, don't forget to like and subscribe to The Church Split, or don't actually go again to one of the hater channels. They need all the help they can get because they're not nearly as fun as us. (laughs) I'm already throwing shade, but it's okay. Um, Blackmailing. (laughs) So, uh, I have a—the reason why we have this, and some of you guys have already probably watched our episode recently about two gentlemen who got kicked out of their church um, for— Basically, not being a King James Onlyist anymore, not uh, being idol- not worshiping a translation. Oh yeah. So, but uh, and honestly, this is one of them. Uh, we're gonna have uh, Julius on, and we're gonna have Micah on, and they're gonna work, they're gonna talk about their experiences within the Independent Fundamental Baptist movement. And I want to make sure I'm clear on this because I've been I was accused of this today that I I'm out to destroy the Independent Fundamental Baptist, mm. and to a degree, yes, I'm out to destroy legalistic, Amen. unbiblical. Amen. Yeah. Unbiblical teachings. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. I want yeah. it destroyed. I want it gone. Um, I want the culty belligerents, like the the you disagree with me, so therefore I'm going to attack you and insult you and attack you and insult you, or mm-hmm. you know because you or like t- uh, recently, um, what was it? You posted a picture of your new Bible. Oh yeah,
1: my ESV. Next, thing you know, I was like the whole Facebook. Just exploded. Oh, it's a yeah, everyone
0: was hating on you. One yeah. person even said the fat something to the effect of like because you uh, got an ESV, next thing you know you're gonna be yeah. drinking beer with me and Brian. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I, might as well not. I mean, <laughs> I, <can't>. <laughs> <laughs> I no. came prepared.
1: Mm. Uh
0: oh. Yeah. Are we gonna tell? Him, are we gonna tell them?
1: Mm. I don't know. I mean, the, the evidence was right here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll leave it. To, we'll leave the mystery up to everybody else. Is the is the bottle empty or full and who drank, who made it empty?
1: <laughs> Let
0: the gossip fly. And if you start gossiping about it, then you know that you're guilty. But uh, anyway, the point that was a trap, <laughs> but no, in all honesty, I, I want, I wanted you to come on. And I, had, what's funny is I had asked you to come on actually before all of this transpired. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, the problem is with the, the, you know, with a lot of things in the IFB is that there are these false equivalencies There are people who say like, for example, if you use an English standard next, thing you know, you're going to be drinking oh, yes. and things like that, where it's like, these are not one and the same thing. Are you going to get somebody who says, because you're okay with contemporary Christian music next thing, you know, you're going to be welcome, welcoming, welcoming. Uh, LGBTQ theology. Yep. Like these are not the same thing. These are all separate categories. Yeah. Uh, and there's a wide spectrum in between there, people, of what people believe. But I wanted people to get to know you personally, especially after that. And I had originally asked you to come on because yeah. I was seeing you spitting biblical fire, right? I was just like, man, this guy's like, he really is saying some really great stuff. So I asked you to come on. Little did I know you'd move into my house. So, uh, I know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but God had a plan. Oh, He did have a plan. I just think it was uh, your, it was like Julius's mastermind plan. He, now what's going to happen is he's going to take over the church split. Yeah. It's, it's just his secret way to do About it. About time. Soon, <laughs> soon enough, Mike and Julius will be running this thing, and uh, I'll just be hanging out. Just kidding. But uh, <laughs> So in all honesty, I just want people to get to know you, and I want people to hear your story because I think there's some really important things uh, yeah. in your story that people need to hear and some things that some realities that the IFB need to confront. So, um, Julius, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, where you grew up, uh, yeah. where you're from, uh, where you raised in the IFB? Was your family IFB? Just tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, I was born uh, February 10th, um, 1999, and I was born and raised in Lansing, Michigan. Um, have I been in church my whole life? No, to tell you the truth. So it's like um, I was in foster home for about good. Three to four years, very abusive um, environment. It was like, you know, this is not just, you know, taking out the belt and hitting people. This is like, you know, it was physical beatings and stuff like that. But after like three to four years after that, our, you know, me and my brother's real dad came, got, you know, me and my brother um, out of foster care. And then we moved in, you know, with him into another abusive, you no know, you no know, situation. Now it was, a, it was a lot better staying in a in foster home, but I just remember that it was like, um, being on home with you know, with my dad and my brother and since no you if know, you, you look at me I'm a big guy. I've pretty much been like this my whole entire in you know, entire life and I'm not saying trying to say that you no know, boastfully or proudly but
0: since but my brother was well, facts more, are facts, yeah. right? You can say you're big. Yeah. I was always a yeah. tall, scrawny, awkward looking guy. Yeah. So
1: Yeah. But, and, I'm a but my yeah yeah. It was like my brother was more like muscular, but like very, very you no know, fit and skinny. And I just remember like my dad just say, you no, know, was just... Choke, slam, you know, my brother and stuff like that. And me being a younger brother, you no, know, being bigger, so having to come to, you know, his rescue. And this ties into me wanting to go to church because, like, you know, I grew up in the, you know, in the ghetto. No, I come from a broken home. Um, never really knew my mom because I couldn't see her till I turned 18. And when I did turn eighteen, got a phone call basically saying that she had no lung cancer. And I'm not here to give you a sob story. I'm just saying, you no, know, this is my life. And just two years later, you no, know, after that call, you no, know, she died of lung cancer. But it was like I'm going back to my track now. <clears throat> you know, I was uh, I was brought to church by a friend. And she was a girl, a black girl, and I remember going to the Vacation Bible School at the church named Parker Memorial, uh, Parker Memorial Baptist Church in Lansing, Michigan. Um, the pastor, the senior pastor, his name was Dr. Don Green, and I just remember going to the Vacation Bible School at the at the age of nine. And hearing the gospel priest basically saying, you uh, know, repent of your sins and your sins take you to hell. So, I had a you know, nine year old boy. I mean, that makes sense. You no, know, I just meant, you, know, you know, prayed, but it wasn't really real because I didn't really understand the full concept of sin. I think I wanted
0: to kind of address that for a second. Yeah. It's an interesting point because you said it made sense to you, right? Yeah. Like, my sins take me to hell. I think this comes uh, a little bit in a unique way from people from. Uh, not from such a hard background, right? You lost your mom uh, at a young age and you never really knew her. Uh, You know, you experienced a lot of abuse and a lot of anger and hatred, but because you've seen sin in it's darkest, deepest depths, like let's be real. That's, that's raw right there in front of you because you experienced that when you heard the message, like, yeah, that's why people deserve hell because yeah. I, I see what it is. So I just wanted to make sure I, yeah. I wanted no, to address no, you're, that you're a little yeah. bit because I we hear all the time. Well, how does hell make sense? Well, uh, well if you've been through some stuff, and you've seen how you've you've seen how dark people can be. Yeah. You go yeah, okay, no, I actually yeah. see how this how why there's torment. So continue. I, mean, I didn't mean to yeah, interrupt. Already, I just wanted yeah. to address that. And
1: so yeah, I was like no, no, nine years old going to the Vacation Bible School at that church, and I just made a you no know, professor in the face. This is for the fact that I didn't didn't want to die and go to hell. It was never for the fact that, oh, I'm a sinner, and Jesus no, Christ died on the cross for my sins. Well, it was a year later when I was in um, a junior church, um, a man named John Vessel was preaching. And what was weird was he was preaching against homosexuality. Now, I am not a you non-Sodomite, know, and I don't hate homosexuals, but I do <laughs> and I am against their sin because I preach against it. I mean, if you're a Bible believer, you gotta believe the Bible. But I mean, love them. But that's not the point right now. So I, I was just, after junior church. No, I realized that it was my sins that you no know, put Christ on the cross, and it was my sins that was gonna put me in hell if I reject. No, guys, no, wonderful love. Of salvation and a gift of salvation. So after you know the junior church was you no, know, was over with. You know I was like you no, know, I raised my hand. I was like hey, I was like I finally understand that you no, know, I'm a sinner and I would like to you know have somebody show me from the Bible how I can be saved. So to make that not long story short. At a um at a very young age, at you no know, ten years old, I said Christ as my um, savior, but I wasn't really faithful <laughs> to church. I was like, no, I will come here and there, and stuff like that. But I was like, but I was still kind of quote unquote priest because I was still trying to minister to my friends and everything. And it was it was weird because like you no, know, I was living. No, know, best of both worlds. I was like, I was in church, and then I was church, and I would go into all these parties and stuff like that. And I never really drank. I know I never drank. I never smoked. But I was like, I was just I remember, you know, being like 12, 13 years old and stuff like that, going to all these different type of parties and stuff like that. And I'm looking at all this, is like, man, this is vain. I was like, why, you know, I'm not saying that drinking is wrong, but I was like, no, just, you know, people just getting, you know, doped, Doped up, drunk, fornicating, and then you know repeating the whole process all over again. And it was like here's the thing. It was like you no, know, my background is that, so I was like, you know what? I want something better than what I've been experiencing from the last you no know, nine, ten years of my life. But what really brought me to church is for the fact that I was like it was family. It was like I would go to church. It was like you know, and I would see you no know, the mom and dad. You know, with their kids and stuff like that. I was like, and I didn't have that girl. And I was like, you know, it was worth of you know, quote unquote security. And I was like, you know what? Well, I was like, I wish I had a dad who really loved me. And instead of coming home and getting you now beat or you no know, slam and stuff like that. And so that redrew really me to the um the, uh to, into the church, which is, it was an independent fundamental the church. And I remember um kind of going ahead because all this other stuff is not really important. But I got a letter. N. M. L. from my youth pastor, um, and I was you no know, in ninth grade, and the letters simply just said it was like hey, it was like we wish that you would come back to church, and you know, we missed you, and you no, know, the, the man that wrote that letter, his name was um, Mr. Chartier, and I, you know, when I got that letter, I was back in church. I don't know why, but that letter did, basically did it for me. <laughs> but here's here's the weird thing. So now I'm back in church, fully you no know, no on fire for God. Uh, working in the Bible printed ministry, you know glue binding books, um, collating, uh, making you know, John and Romans in the news you know, in the New Testament in Romans and all these different you know, languages and stuff like that. And then something bad happens. Um, they wanted me to go to the, uh, to the Christian school there, right? But um, my during my sophomore year, uh, sophomore year, and, and during the summertime, when I was going to my um junior year of high school, um, I was helping my youth pastor, um, my, um Mr. Chartier, um, build an addition onto his house, and I didn't have my phone on me because like um, we were you no know, around like heavy you no know, equipment there was like bulldozers. Oh yeah, and don't want to break cast. expensive stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was, so I kept my phone in the vehicle, and I just remember, um, uh, my pat my youth pastor going inside real fast. His wife saying something to him, and he came out and was like, "You need to call your dad and your brother because something bad happens." So, you know, I just go and grab my phone, you no, know, real fast, you no, know, so forth, and next thing you know, child protection service, you no, know, got called on my dad because my next next door neighbor saw my dad. Literally pick up my brother and slam him on the concrete ga- ground like you know profusely, and so basically that made a decision for me. It was like, do I go back home? Do I go to like a um, one of my friend you no know, family members' house or a cousin's house? And I remember for like the for for the good part of the summer of I think maybe like 2015, I stayed at my cousin's for like th- like two or three weeks before school started. It was crazy, but um. By and then I ended up moving back into that you know toxic environment. I moved back home, and cause they offer was like, hey, if you go back home, like no, go pay for your Christmas, no, for your. No school bills to go to the Christian school. It was like you could just continue to work in the Bible printing ministry and stuff like that. And so I was like, that's what I did. I was like, now I worked in the, in the Bible printing ministry so I could pay for my school and I went to the school there. And going to the school there was good and stuff like How that. How old were you
0: at this time? I was about 16. 16 years old, earning your keep at the Christian school yeah. with the work yeah. ethic. That's impressive. Yeah.
1: And now this is where things start to take a turn. So I was no basically I was going to that no church since I was basically nine years old, was in and out, wasn't real faithful until basically my freshman year of high school. And this is where I'm starting to learn doctrine and know beliefs and no the and not even the King James Bible yet. That no, that kinda came later. But it was like the first thing that they no, they were talking to me in privately, and when it came to know the issue of relationship and interracial marriage. I never even heard the term interracial marriage before until I went to the IFB church and these guys you know, tried to talk to me you know, about these issues privately. And so I was okay, what is interracial marriage? Is that you no know, people marrying outside of race? Okay, what about it? It's wrong. Wait, what? Marrying outside? <laughs> it was like, marrying outside your race is wrong? Yeah. I was like, where in the Bible does it say that? I was like, I was like, I want you to show me, cause I I come from a very diverse back you know, background. I mean, I went to school with you no know, whites, blacks, Asians, Indians, um, um, Greeks, and stuff like that. So was I like, was like, I was I was just I was just sincerely confused because i like, I never heard this before. So the next thing you know, it was like they went back to like Genesis and talked about the you no know, the curse of Ham. I was like, okay, what is the curse of Ham? Oh, um, black people are cursed. I was like, wait, black people are cursed, and I was like, hold on. So I was like, not only can I not, out, you know, marry outside my race, but I'm cursed. Also, on top of that. Yeah. So you and may as well not even try to mm, succeed, right? Because yeah, if you're cursed, yeah. then
0: there's no point. Because you're yeah, you're cursed. What's the point?
1: And so I was like, so I was like, okay, I I deal with that other cursing part later. But I was like, tell me why I cannot marry si- outside of my race. Um, outside my race. Well, because you no, know, I had you no know, the you no. Know, um, my youth pastor, and I actually had you know the pastor wife, her name was um Terry Green, came, and, and see, her reason was, um this is not today, but was like back in like five or six years ago, she told me to my face that it'd just be better if I just mirror somebody that looks like me. That was my own color.
0: Now, to be fair, now, before we get too much further into that, so yeah. we now we, so, you know, we see, understand how you, you know, you got yeah. saved and you got pulled into the IFB because it mm. brought you in a sense, some sort of security yeah. or stability. Now you're experiencing racism. Now, here's the thing I wanted to clarify in here, because one of the things that people don't understand is that the IFB is actually f- filled with racist beliefs. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing as well. I want to make sure we're clear. I'm not woke, right? You're yeah. not woke. No. We both find woke stuff to be hilarious. In yeah. fact, you and I were listening to a rap song earlier that was making fun yeah. of, it, you <laughs> and I thought it was funny. Um, so you and I are not woke people. We are, we're not all about this, you know, oh, racism is everywhere. But there's legitimate racism. And that's and one of the things I get accused of all the time is that, well, will you just deny racism? I'm like, no, no, mm-hmm. I did. I know racism exists. I just don't think it's the, what everyone says it is anymore. Yeah. Like it's lost its meaning because what you have experienced is true racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for, when people tell me that interracial marriage is wrong, by the way, if you believe that uh, you should totally watch. Uh, I have an episode on that. Yes. Um, and my wife is Korean. So get at me, bro. Uh, and so your experiences. So as you know, you're a black, you're a young black man. You come from a broken home, and you know it's like, oh yeah, follow God. But by the way, don't don't talk to any of our girls because yeah. of your skin color. Yes. And there's a few things that comes to mind with us that flies in the face. It flies in the face of certain things, right? It first off, it said that God created mankind in His own image. Yep. Which means all of mankind. Which the key word part, a key part of that is mankind. What did God do with all the creatures of the earth? He made them after their own kind. Mm-hmm. So we are mankind, and then there's dog kind. Uh, dog kind can intermingle with dogs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you can have a, a palm ski now, literally a little Pomeranian, you're somehow breeding with a husky. I don't want to know how that works. I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. But the fact is that they are the same kind, even though they look very different. Mm-hmm. We are the same kind yeah, uh, uh, black, white, yeah, yellow, we were whatever. We're
1: made in the image of God.
0: Yeah, we are. And then yeah. and the thing is is when people focus on that, it flies in the face of that. Also, we know that Moses, being a Jew, married an Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. And when people spoke against his marriage because she was an Ethiopian, they're like, oh my goodness, she's yep. not an Israelite. Uh, God struck him with leprosy. And Ethiopians, for those you who don't know, they're pretty dark. They're very, very mucho dark.
1: Look like me. <laughs> yeah. well, 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 darker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the fact is here is that it is unbiblical. Yeah. So now you are talking about this um, earlier, and there was a text you received today because yeah. Saturday you got caught by uh, a pastor's wife, and she was saying that she was thankful that you never ended up dating one of their girls, yeah. uh, one of the girls there because you were black, which yeah. is just... I, I say this, and I have a smirk on my face because I have to laugh away how stupid it is. I know. Otherwise, just, I get angry. I hold my tongue. I was like, wow. I, I mean, i surprised you held your tongue. I wouldn't. I don't think I would have been as... I, nope, I don't think I could. But uh want, want to read that text you yeah. received today. I think this would be this Yeah, would be so I woke telling. up
1: today. It was like I was with Micah over, or, no, basically no, no, doing what we're no, normally doing in the morning. It was like I was filling out job applications. But today um, I have a um, text from this pastor wife. Her name is Miss Terry. Um, the text says this. Good morning. In my regular Bible reading today, I came across a portion of Scripture that deals with mixed, yeah mixed marriages. Would you read um, Ezra chapter nine verse two for me? And then he says also it is called a trespass, and the whole chapter ten shows the repentance of the people for taking wives of the land. Do you want to um, read Ezra chapter
0: nine? Oh, verse I me? would absolutely love to. So it says after these things have done, I'm going to read verse one because context is important. Uh, After these things have been done, the officials approached me and said, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from, from the peoples of the lands with their abominations. I want you guys to notice that part, with their abominations. From the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters to be wise for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy race has mixed itself with the peoples of the lands. And in this faithlessness, in the hand of the officials and chief men have, have been foremost, has been foremost. And, of course, as soon as they heard this, they tore their garments and my cloak, you know. and I pulled my hair, and then there's this whole, like, repenting thing of, like, oh, my goodness, what have we done? Here's the important part. So if what you're this pastor's wife, and I'm using that term lightly, honestly, it's just that it's, I, I have zero tolerance for this. You already know this. You guys yeah. know this enough about me. The clear indication here is it says has not separated the people themselves from the peoples of the lands with what their abominations. He mentioned the Canaanites. One of the abominations of the Canaanites is that the Canaanites mm-hmm. would burn children to Molech babies mm-hmm. and they play drums to over uh, overpower the screams of the children while they're being burned alive. That's yeah. an abomination before God. Here's what they don't, what, what people who don't understand this to, again, because if this is true, if it was yeah. true that God was against interracial marriage, uh, atheists would love that. Yeah. And a lot of atheists try to use that argument. And my favorite part is to point this out. Uh, no, it was about culture and values. If you were marrying a woman of the Canaanites who sacrificed babies, you're not allowed to. Why? Because you were unequally yoked. Yeah. You were unequally yoked. You guys were of different cultures. You're not allowed to be together. Right. So w- the thing is here is what they don't t- tell you, what they're not including here is in other parts like of the... Yeah, for
1: first sure thing is talks about this.
0: Yeah. Well, and if you go into Deuteronomy, it says allow, these, allow people to become what we call a proselyte. Yeah. They're allowed to convert into Israel. They're allowed to become Israelites. Yeah. That's what happened with um with the, the Ethiopian woman that uh, Moses married. Mm-hmm. She became a Jew in practice and faith. So this was always about culture and values. Mm-hmm. Why do you think God had those different lands destroyed? It wasn't because of their race.
1: Yeah.
0: It was because of the cultures that came with it, the values. So this is a complete misunderstanding, right. and it's actually the fact that they're, that someone's looking for it Tells me that they're racist, yeah. and when you're racist, you are denying the imago dei, which is mm-hmm. the Latin term for image of God. Right. You are denying the image of God in all of us. So when you are being a racist and you have this ter- terrible theology, if we can even call it that, you are denying the imago dei. You're denying one of the key tenets to the faith.
1: Amen. Yeah. It's yeah. it's
0: you can't say you're you know oh, I'm uh, it's like it is just as bad. And I'll say this, and I'll probably get some heat for it, but that's okay. Oh, go ahead. Um, I it. it it is just as foolish to be that racist and believe in racist theology as it is to think that LGBTQ plus is consistent with the Christian faith. Yeah. If you believe that people who are affirming LGBTQ plus in the church is, uh, is heretical and aren't truly Christians. I'm just going to say one of the biggest fundamentals of the faith that goes back over 6,000 years is the Imago Day. Yeah. If you deny that, you're 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 in heresy. You're yeah. in direct contrast yeah. to the yeah. scriptures. So anyway, this just really irks me. It yeah. really grinds my gears. I'm yeah. trying to like to not do my yeah. normal like rants that I do on here. So continue continue yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. So, but I yes. just wanted to make sure we clarified that biblically. Like no, that's fine. Ezra nine two is not talking about races. It's talking about cultures. It's their abominations. Yeah. Those yeah. people were allowed to convert into Israel, mm-hmm. and if they convert into Israel, they were free game to marry. Yeah. Israel was a very diverse group of people, believe it or not. Yeah, and this
1: is not, no, this, it gets worse from here. So the pastor wife, you no know, tells me these things. Then now her husband's, you know, preaching behind the pulpit, you know, saying that, you know, black people are cursed and that interracial marriage is wrong. Now, you gotta, you guys have to understand this, that the church that I was going to, I was the only black person there. And there was, you know, there was no black girls or anything like that. So I'm 16 years no, years old. You know, I'm called to priest, you know, you know, getting ready here real soon to go off to Bible college. And, you no, know, here's all these good, you know, quote-unquote, godly, you no know, girls, but they're white. And next thing you know, if one of these white girls like me, I cannot pursue a relationship. I mean, what if God want, wanted me to be in a relationship with one of those, you no know, white girls? Now I can't because, you know, I'm cursed. Um, No, God forbid. You no know, mixed marriage. which is no is a you no know, biblical lie that you have to twist scripture to get your narrative. But then on top of that, now I was you no know, being preached from the pulpit, and it wasn't just at that church. I mean, I've been to you no know, other meetings and stuff like that, and other churches you know, down south and in Indiana and up north, and here you no know, still hearing that you no know, black people are cursed. Now it goes to the fact that you know I'm saved, right? And I was going to that church for like this is probably being around three years almost. Yeah, yeah, three years mark. I mean, going to that church faithfully, and now I asked the pastor privately, "Like, hey, I've been going here uh, three years now, and I would like to talk to you about me getting baptized." And the, um, the pastor was like, "Oh, okay. Um, yeah, let's sit down about it." And next thing you know, it was like during that conversation, it was not a very long conversation. It was basically me, okay, yeah, can I can't get baptized. Oh, I can't baptize you. What do you mean, can't baptize me when the time is right? It would, I was like, what do you mean when the time is right? I mean, I am saved. Like, the time is right right now. When the time is right, Julius. This is Jim Green. Also, his real name is James Green. Said that like when the time is right, I will baptize you. So I waited, you know no years and i had other people from that church i had deacons i had no church. like hey just getting baptized i don't know go speak to jim green yeah i'm gonna to talk to jim green for you they say no they go to talk to the pastor never come back to me i no. i'm not issue i had another guy I was like was like i'm not normally able to come to church midnight because of work but if you get baptized i will take off you no know, work on Wednesday so i can just come to see you get baptized i want to go talk to the pastor Next, you know, he goes to talk to the pastor. Nada, never comes back to me. I waited years, to, you know, to get an answer and, not, and never got an answer. And I was just so happens to be, and I was telling Will about this earlier, that was um, this is like two years after I asked you know, that pastor if he would baptize me. And I time that, that I, myself, or others would go to him. He said he just kept on saying, you No, know, when the time is right and the time is right. And when I went to him the last time, he got a little bit upset. He was like, when the time is right, I will baptize you. Okay, so I just left it around. Now I'm going out to Bible College. you know, this is the end of my you know, senior year. Um, I'm into Elgin, um, Illinois. So I'm into Providence. Uh, and I was staying in one of the rooms that Keith Gomez um put me in. It was like in my own private room, and I was just sitting there, you know, you know praying out loud. Just God was like, you know what? I've been faithful to you. It was like, um, Lord, it was like, um, there's now no, hope. Hopefully, there's not any sin in my, in my heart. It was like, you know, it was, like you know, it was like, you know, my heart and you know, and matter. And the only thing that I, I want to do is, like, you know become part of the church. It was like, no, I'm doing everything, but you know, for the church. But I'm not really part of the body. No, I mean, I'm yet spiritually being saved. But was like, but being like a local, quote unquote, member, I was not, you no, know, able to. And I don't know why. And just you no know, talking with God you no know, throughout all this time, it was like it was midnight, and I was like, you know what? I was like, it gotta be because I'm black. It has to be because <laughs> I'm black. And this is you no, know, and this and as soon as I admitted that to God, I got a phone call immediately at at midnight from what no from one of the Dickens, and for this sake, I will not say this person's um, name. But if Jim Green ever end up seeing this video, you know who I'm I'm you know, referring to. And this guy said, that I gave Pastor Jim Green five years to come to talk to you about, about your baptism, and he never did. I came to you tonight no, for the fact that I can no longer allow you to live in a lie. And I was like, you don't have to tell me. I figured it out. I was like, oh, you figured it out, so you know why you couldn't get baptized? I was like, who told you? I was like, nobody. I just figured it out. So he was like, okay, what's the answer? I told him, I was like, because I'm black. It was like, wow, you did
0: figure it out. Yes. And that's no, that's the real reason not why. like not like but, your garbage racist theology yeah. didn't give it away. Yeah. Right? You're cursed. So why yeah. would they baptize you into the family? Because yeah. the Baptists believe that you're baptized by water yeah. into the church family, which is yeah. actually not biblical or nor yeah. what baptism slash mikvah ever was. But yeah. anyway, I just of course. Yeah, it's like suddenly click like, wait a minute. I've seen racist crap this entire time. Yeah, I bet you it's because they're racist. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: forget about Matthew chapter twenty-eight verses nineteen and twenty tells us know to do. And so when I no when I figured out because I couldn't get baptized because I was black, he, um, this person, this man was like, "Don't worry about," was like, "Don't worry about going to talk to Jim Green. I will go and talk to Jim Green for you." So he did. And he told no Jim Green all these things, and this this is sad that it's like Jim Green knew the truth that I knew why I cannot get baptized, and to this very day has not come to me and talk to me uh, no about these issues. And what's even more sad is that he said that I would have baptized you. But you know, but you said that I didn't want to get baptized here anymore due to the respect of uh, no of Dr. Dangere. And I did tell him that was like you not praying. And God told me out the respect of Dr. Dangere not to get baptized there. But more importantly, the main reason, no, other than what God told me, it was like you know what, if. If I couldn't get baptized because I you no know, because I'm black, I don't want to be a part of the church anyways. If like no, you're telling you no know, you no know, black people that they're cursed, that they cannot you no know, marry outside their race, you no know, their race, and then saying that you know the reason why we don't also don't allow black people to marry white girls because and join the church because we don't want their culture you no know, corrupting the church here.
0: Yeah, because well, black culture goes if we can use that term black culture, yeah. which whatever. um, that that goes against the yeah. IFB, right? Because they're not yeah. about they're not about the inner city feel. Like they're not about yeah. the upbeat and stuff. You know, it's shut sit down, shut up, and let me yell at you for a while. Yeah. Um So you experience a lot of racism. You experience yeah. actual racist theology, which there's not many people to, that hold to racist yeah. theology. But the the ones that do, well, they're they're dumb. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know, so you experience this.
1: And yeah. I received stress too. Was like, oh, if you try to make any move on no any of our white girls here and all it was like, you can never come to back to my house. I had a church member said, you can never come back to my house. You know, you'd be, you know, kicked out, you know, the church.
0: So with that being said, what did, when you're hearing this, you're trying to live life for God. And of course, this is the only church you've ever known, right? This type yeah. this group of people. How did that make you feel in the moment? Angry, disappointed, confused? I was more confused. And
1: I was like, I, I'll be honest with you. I was kind of hurt because, like, why say these things? Like, here are, no, you heard we are supposed to be Christians. And next you know, I was like, what, the, the Christianity that you guys are showing me basically saying that, no, I don't even belong here.
0: Yeah, well, like, Christ died on the cross for all yeah. the white people, not, yeah. not the black people. it's,
1: you know, it's, I'll call it the white prosperity gospel. And I don't say Ooh. that. And I don't say Spicey. that to some races. No, that's why I I'm, I'm experienced. I mean, I will go to youth camps. I would go to Bible conferences and be the only black person there. And next, thing you know, it was like, when they see me, you know, I have people, you know, do the stuck-up look. And I had, you know, a preacher. I would go up to preacher and take their hand, and they would they would yank their hand away from me, and then get go get some hand tizer and you know and like clean their hands.
0: Jeez, well they don't want to get, they don't want to get the curse of Ham yeah. on them.
1: And then I had a lot of people and pastor wives. Instead, it was like you know when they saw me mumble underneath their breath, it was like, "What is he doing here?"
0: See, and that, and that, so that right there. So okay, now I would like, to, I think it'd be good to make because I, I we, we're seeing obviously there's that pattern of racism here, right? There's yeah. racism is prevalent. You've experienced it here. Um, you've experienced it in the IFB, and it's disgusting, right? I mean, this is obvious. I mean, there's yeah. probably people who are listening to this right now, and their stomach is just, like, going upside down. And is
1: this not this local church. You guys have to understand. was like, I might say, oh, it's you to experience at that local church? No. This is to every, so every church that I've been to, and even Bible classes that I've been to, and also going to Bible college for a full year, and still experience the exact and same thing. What is
0: the common thread amongst all of them? They all happen to be independent fundamental yeah. Baptists. Independent fundamental Baptist hmm. churches. And here's the thing: independent fundamental Baptist churches. Everyone thinks this see this. So this is what I've noticed. What happens with people? Those who are raised in the IFB, uh, they they see a lot of the racism, right? Yeah. Even if they are, um, even if <laughs> let's say they're. Uh, they were raised in the IFB. They saw a lot of the racism. Yeah. What happens though then, so now suddenly the woke come and say, everything's racist. Everyone's actually racist. Yeah. Well, what happens a lot of my friends jumped on that pony wagon because they're from the IFB and they're like, oh yeah, I saw racism my entire life. Thinking that's this giant issue. What yeah. it's really, no, it's the IFB and the IFB is actually way smaller than people think. There's oh, yeah. a reason why you could say a name and somebody will know that name in Oklahoma, just a pastor of a church because it's a very small interconnected group of people, but they're very loud, right? It's like those, it's like the loud screeching people at a riot. You know, you, everyone hears them. So Mm -hmm. of course everyone knows about them. doesn't mean that there's a lot of them, right? I mean, not a lot of people go to Steven Anderson's church, but everyone knows who Steven Anderson Mm -hmm. is that sort of thing. Now, so moving forward from this, um, you, you left the IFB, right obviously you're on the church split most people most people in the ifb don't come on the church split. i have invited some and not many people have taken me up on it but
1: i wonder why (laughs) well i
0: mean i just ask questions and questions that you can't answer if you're in the ifb consistently anyway so you left the ifb and what was the racism the first what, what was like the first thing was it the racism yeah so you that was a um, bad Bibi- youth question.
1: and the unbiblical biblical teachings about you no know, basically you know what God created mankind to be that 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 was the first thing the second thing that really woke me up to all this is when I started to go to Bible colleges and the next thing you know and I I, I experienced easy <laughs> believism. it was like this stuff was being taught at Bible colleges. and for the people that said oh you're just making that up mean you're, when you're you know when the pastor is telling you to leave out repentance no, when you... Just believe and you'll be saved. Yeah, and just and tell people that don't answer anybody questions. And then when your classmates was like, oh, I led 10 people to the Lord that week. And actually, you know, another person personal no, another, like, five or 10 people to the Lord. And you keep on just doing that weekly. I mean, if people are getting saved on average, you know, let's say five people or 10 people get saved, no, just average on weekly. And you times that by a whole year, that's to make the news that your whole sticking city got converted to Christ, but no, you don't you don't see that you don't see the, no no fruit of that. So, you know you ten to fifteen so many people got saved makes you know only one or two joined the church. Well, right. So what it
0: is is that then the easy believism is a thing, yeah. right? I hear that all the time. Just how many times have you heard the sinner's prayer? Yeah. If all you want to, if you do, if you're gonna to die today, would you know you're going to heaven? Mm-hmm. All right. If you wouldn't know you're going to heaven, raise your hand. All right. If you raise your hand, repeat after me this little prayer. Yeah. And, you know, you pray, oh, right, now you're saved. You know, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross, died for <laughs> us for yeah. our sins, and rose the third day. I mean, I've heard that same yeah. altar call a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's not repentance. It's not believing in the actual... Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of people throw their faith in the prayer more yeah. than the actual idea of...
1: Of the Savior.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's sad because it's false conversions. Yeah. And so you're being... So, so all right, racism was definitely a right, red yeah. flag, which... Yeah. Thankfully, you you recognize and you didn't get brainwashed in that. Yeah. And then you had skew um, you of the gospel, basically saying that
1: you could get saved without repentance.
0: Right. Yep. And okay. this
1: was at all about. I, I, I don't you know what I'm on the church but I don't really give, give a rip. I left I.B. Um, House Anderson preaches and stuff. They're they're the main ones. They both about their numbers. Um, Providence Baptist College. And I don't give a rip. Do you, no, I've been getting te- no text messages and phone calls. From preachers, so I was like, I'm just gonna be honest with you. He was like, you, you know, you guys do this stuff. You know, you gonna get called out for. It. I mean, it's biblical. You don't like that. You know, then you're an anti-bible believer. You know, go smoke that in your pipe and shove it up. So I don't Whoa. care. <laughs> that was the end of too. And also the college, that Bible college that I left, it was um, it was in um, Massillon, Ohio, and the pastor was preaching that, I, and I got approved. And it was um, I have a friend, but I won't, I will leave his name out of this. But I was like, um, uh, me and like three and four other guys I uh, was told to basically move this lighthouse into the auditorium. And I quote, the pastor said that the lighthouse light would stay on every week <clears throat> if somebody got saved. He said that if you come to the church and if that lighthouse light is off, that means nobody got saved during that week. So, me going to black And this was like the second or third week in August. From the second or third week from August all the way to, like, the end of like may no may that lighthouse has never got no gone off interval was only like three people maybe four people was a- actually added to the church
0: yeah well and that's again because it's easy yeah. to get false yeah. converts so you had um i don't want to take uh yeah. too much time with that and uh, by the way again i'd i'd encourage mm. somebody to go watch our episode on uh on swearing as a social construct uh, created by man. Yeah. Um, so, But the thing is, is what I'd like you to do is you wrote, what, 13 points yeah. of why you left fundamentalism?
1: And I had some help. It was like, um, man, I, <clears throat> I, I believe in giving credit when credit is due. But for, <clears throat> I'm not going to drop his this first name. But had a really good friend that help, helped me on, on these points. But I just added on to the points that me and him you know, basically put together.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So yeah. what, so I think this would be important. Cause I thought the 13 points were fire. Like I, yeah. I read that and I was like, man, I can I, shoot. I need to make that in a yeah. document and sell it. That was amazing. Yeah. So you, you left the IFB, thank the Lord. And now you're pursuing, you know, what we'd call biblicism yeah. and orthodoxy. And I think a lot of people are, and I just want to make sure I clarify this here. You know, I think people are going to, you're rightfully angry, mm-hmm. I think. Now, you're, you actually control yourself way better than I would expect a lot of people who've been through what you've been through. But, man, maybe that's because you've been through so much that it doesn't get you, to you that strongly. Mm. But one of the things that people are going to mistake your fervor and your anger toward it as as hatred and bitterness. Yep. But it's not. what it re, what it You know, as I've talked to you, and I've gotten to know you pretty well the last few days, we haven't really stopped talking when I've been home. We kind of don't shut up. <laughs> we just, we're really getting yes. to know each other, and I love that. Um, but what we're having here is we're told to be uh to be angry but sin not but we're also told to call out false teaching first peter uh, uh, first timothy points us out in i think 510 yeah and uh, that says you know to call out false teaching that you know racist teachings terrible then also you know ephesians 511 says to ex expose the works of darkness. Mm -hmm. And when you have beat people down, when you say these terrible things and you have gotten nasty phone calls and I had, I had one of the people who were angry at you try to get angry with me, um, even today and was trying to demand a phone call. Mike, look, man, I, I I have zero obligation to give Mm -hmm. anyone the time of day because everyone, everyone who disagrees with me wants to have, wants to have a fight. I'm like, and until you can stop going, you're this and you're that and you're this and you're that, until you can stop doing all the, the a, ter- a character and attacks And have a conversation. And have a conversation, yeah. No, yeah, it's not worth it. Um, and so you've been getting attacked all day. You and Micah both have yeah. getting like repeated phone calls and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's kind nasty. I mean, people yeah. are just outright they're you know, they can't accept the fact that you left. You yeah. said you said your piece. Um, and it's mm-hmm. funny because they're all saying that you're trying to start stuff. Yeah. If you follow your Facebook, I'm like, he actually said like Yeah. 13 reasons why he's leaving and he posted yeah. that he bought a new bible
1: yeah and
0: people got mad about that so yeah. this goes to show you can't please people you can't please people so <laughs> <Yeah>. uh with <laughs> that being said why don't you uh well let's start going through these 13 points i think it'd be yeah. fun all right point number one
1: so point number one of why i left the independent Fundamental baptist movement says this elevation of ifb culture traditions and prefaces to a level equal with biblical doctrine and commands, and that's from Matthew um, chapter 15, verse 9. Tradition, culture, and pastoral opinion are frequently taught as God-given commands, and I got, you no. Know, you go through Deut- Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 20, which talks about that, and it's talked about from pulpits. Uh, these non-biblical standards are then used to attack and criticize others with different views, and are commonly forced on other believers. The independent Baptist churches frequently forsake the historic Baptist distinctives of individual soul liberty. Outward no compliance with the church's culture and or pastor's preferences is often mandated. Church members are not allowed to publicly sow uh, differing beliefs or preferences yeah, preferences. Pressure and intimidation are used to um, coerce uh, co- uh, compliance. A Christian's uh, liberty is Christ is, uh, yeah, Christ is thus violated by the preferences of those around him. Uh, point number two says this. Elevation of secondary and dietary issues like clothing, music, etc., to a place of primary importance, to the point of attacking and separating from other Christians based on these um, disagreements. If we later we'll dive more deep into that, if you want to.
0: Uh, we're with well, I mean, if everyone can yeah. look, watch the previous episode before this and yeah. see how you guys were removed from that. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I wanted to point out is this is not unique to the IFB. No. You're you're talking about the IFB here because, and I again because I'm the RFP, I'm part of the RFP network. I'm always connected to IFB people. Yeah. I was raised in it, so I feel like sometimes it's like, yeah. Do I sometimes feel like the the IFB is under my little magnifying glass? Yes, but it's because yeah. I'm in constant contact. But what you're reading here, what you're stating here is experienced in a lot of groups of churches Mm -hmm. i mean jehovah's witnesses are kind of the same way right these aren't half the stuff that they believe Mm -hmm. isn't biblical but it's pushed up to man well Pentecostals, certain pentecostal Mm -hmm. groups are the same way you know whatever the pastor says is the ultimate authority my secondary preferences or whatever are equal and worth separating over yeah so anyway i just want to make sure that we're clear this is not a unique thing to the ifb these are this is a problem in christianity Yeah, these are adult. the
1: things that I you know, seen and personally experienced. Well, let's uh, continue reading. It says also an unbiblical view and standard of the separation are commonly taught. Other Christians who hold to the to the same fundamentals of the faith as independent fundamental Baptist churches are never know fellowship with and are avoided. Routine bashing, attacking, and ridiculing other denominations. And groups of Christians, you no, know, from pulpits. which is funny because, like, when you start to talk about, you no, know, the sins of that, you know, if you're from that group, they don't like it. But it's okay. When we rant and bash others who are not, you no, know, IFP. Point number three: unbiblical church. You no, know, um, uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to pronounce this word, but eschatology and leadership orga- organization. Scripture um, teaches a uh, polarity and polarity of elders, yet almost all IFB churches have a single all-powerful man who rules the church in a top-down system with little to no accountability to his congregation. The biblical model includes deacons and the church structure, yet they are often missing entirely or merely used as a rubber stamp committee for the senior pastor's decrees. Most IFB church leaders, uh, yeah, leader structures are more Catholic No, uh, uh, physical, uh you, yeah, installed in historic Baptist, no meaning congregational, elevation and glorification of pastors and those in full time ministry to an unhealthy and unbiblical level. That uh, the doctrine of the priesthood of believers is frequently trampled on in this environment. They people are told they must have their pastor's approval or advice before making big decisions, ignoring the fact that the spirit can lead each Christian individually.
0: Now what I want to do is I'm also going to post this I think uh, on the video okay, uh, yeah. comments below and pin it just so people can read it for themselves. But um, let's let's go back and forth here. I'll yeah. I'll read the next one, then you read the next one. This will just be yeah. helpful, um, just because it'll make it sound more interactive. It'll be yeah. fun. All right, so number four, uh, you said, oh, shoot, Micah (laughs) is going to go crazy on this one. Cover-ups and sexual abuse in the IFB churches, organizations across the country, rampant scandal for decades with a strong culture of secrets and silence, a denomination known for the sexual sins of its leaders. The church is to be a bastion of light and truth. Yet the IFB movement has a sordid history of cover-ups, hiding of evidence, and outright ignoring the sins of its members. Few, if any, call for repentance. Whereas defending abusers and predators is historically common. Little to no accountability for pastors who disqualify themselves from the ministry. Shame and blame placed on victims instead of the perpetrators. Yep. Go ahead and yeah. read number All right.
1: five. Number five. Lack of strong doctrinal teaching from the pulpits. Frequent preaching... <laughs> Unless it's the King yeah. James only, yeah. of course. Yeah. Then that's the number one emphasized yeah. issue. Yeah, that's a, no, that's a <laughs> holy doctrine. Yeah, it's, it's the most important one. Yep. Frequent preaching of the Bible out of context and twisting of scripture to make it good message. No, consequently, the average member of a IFP church has a shallow and anemic understanding of good doctrine, the fundamentals
0: of the faith, and at times, even the gospel itself. Exactly. And then number six, you said frequent mixing of politics and christianity many ifb are more american than christian america and some politicians like trump are sometimes elevated to nearly idolatrous positions this is bringing the world into the church and on, on a grand scale and i think that's a really important yes. point too cuz you can be i am a very politically engaged person yeah I am a libertarian conservative is my is my political leaning. And I do believe it is, as much as I've looked into things, I'm like, I believe it's the most consistent way I can live a Christian life yeah. in a society that's not. I'm a very politically engaged person. But there's a difference between being politically engaged and, like, bringing it into your church as a thing that's preached regularly. Um, yeah. The church should be preaching um, about... Doctrines and about life change and uh, <laughs> yeah. morality, and not necessarily politics, and especially the Trump worship. So, anyway, or even
1: America does itself, because no, I guess no, Israel's not to know the holy nation, but America is.
0: Oh yeah, where the, yeah where America yeah. comes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, number seven. Yep,
1: church culture performs based Christianity. Man, this one grabs my gears. The more you do, the better you are. Acceptance and value are gained by the amount of work one performs for God and by keeping checklist of do's and don'ts. Sanctification is taught as being a result of our hard work rather than the work of the Holy Spirit. The gospel is taught as being only needed for salvation rather than being needed for our daily walk with
0: God. You know what's funny is that they'll oftentimes deny this, but their actions speak louder than the yeah. words. They're like, no, we don't We don't say that. But then mm. they will turn around and they push this. Like, yeah. you know, oh, well, if you don't do this, you're not really saved. Or if you don't do this, we question yeah. your salvation. You go to a movie, you buy yeah. a new Bible, and we'll come yeah. after you. Yeah. Um, but remember, we're not teaching works-based salvation yeah. at
1: all. Yeah, not at all entirely. You know, if, you, if, you don't, <laughs> if, you know, if you're not KJV only, you know, you're pretty much going to hell. Yep. Don't know who Christ is.
0: Number eight. Eight, You wrote uh, church cultures that are harshly critical and judgmental of others. Pharisaical attitudes abound. This leads to church cultures that discourage vulnerability and transparency among the brethren. Rather, an atmosphere of everything is great prevails. Yeah. Common measuring of others' spirituality based on external factors like wearing a suit or a dress, no tattoos, etc., leading to pride, arrogance, and dismissive attitudes towards those with a quote-unquote lower standards.
1: Yeah, and my personal um, issues with this is that I'm not against people wearing suits, and I had this talk with my pastor and and the men of my former church multiple times. There is nothing wearing a suit to church that is wrong, but if you say that only wearing a suit is right, and then it was like, ah man, okay, I' gonna go to these other since so I' take on the kind of suit. I just told them I was like, if you yes go to the church, wear a suit. fine. But then to say for the pulpit that if you don't wear a suit is wrong and you're sinful and not doing so is basically twisting the Bible and it's you know hypocritical and it's you no know, wrong. it's not doctrinal. Mm-hmm. Now, um, well, yeah. what's funny is like yeah.
0: number nine, we already covered yeah. your easy believism, right? Yeah. So, and then n- number 10 goes along with it, which is just, uh, which was covered within that as well. The emotional mm-hmm. manipulation and dishonest uh, invitations, like, yeah. right. Like the idea of high pressure altar calls. Yep. Like. Oh, well, we keep coming. Come on down. Come. Yeah. It's that pressure and trying to get false converts. So it's funny because 9 and 10 go together, and we already covered yeah. those. So I love it when our, when fate works together. And
1: here's the thing. A lot of people, you know, a lot of preachers in the IP will say that if you don't get you know, saved at the altar, that's your, no, that's your salvation is not real.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, well. I. I mean, I've seen that too. Or yeah. like, always oh, not really genuine. If you really didn't come forward, because if yeah. you, because they take it as, a, and I've literally heard them say this: you going down to the altar to get saved is uh, affirming him before men. Apparently, so like, yeah. well, remember, if you can't, uh, don't affirm me before men, you deny me before men. Yeah. I'll deny you. And they'll use that out of context to say that you need to go to the altar to get saved because yeah. you shouldn't be ashamed of of going forward. Yeah. And it's such a dishonest. And there's so many textual. And contextual problems with that with yeah, that and, interpretation, yeah. um, and it's also really funny because it's, it's very reflective of like those Pentecostal high end charismatic churches where yeah. it's like, "Come on down and but be they blessed," don't plan "Come to. on yeah. down and be blessed," but meanwhile they preach against yeah. them, saying they're worldly. I just find yeah. it ironic. Yep, they're not um,
1: charismatic, but yep, have so,
0: charismatic practices. Yeah. So um, number eleven yeah. is is number is that your turn? Yeah, or my yeah it's my turn. Okay.
1: Um, number eleven says it's a culture and teaching that promotes the. Um, dig, dig, man, <laughs> denigration. Your yeah. my vocabulary is so yeah. good, but I have a hard time yeah. reading it. In diff, no, and diff, yeah, disrespect woman women. value is taught as being connected to the quality of, uh, of a man that marries, <clears throat> marries and then it says, um, pastor wife, men, and missionary's wife, etc., rather than it being a image of God. It says, um, Bible teaching and theology geared specifically towards women is miserably anemic and consists almost entirely of housekeeping and uh, and husband pleasing uh women are held to unequal and often unbiblical standards when it comes to modesty and are commonly blamed for the sexual sins of men
0: yeah and that's so true yeah. uh how many times have i heard of women actually yeah. and this is this is prevalent in the IFB yeah. women get accused of making men sin all the time yeah and it's funny because I don't remember Jesus saying, if a man looks upon a woman with lust, then she better cover up. Yeah. That's not how, that's not what no. Jesus said. Jesus said, if you look upon a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. What? In yeah. your own yeah, heart Matthew already.
1: Matthew oh, chapter 6, verse 5, I you? Yeah.
0: And so it's, it's, uh, it's nonsensical. And it's this all, again, like you said, says, the pastor's wife. And it's yeah. very, it's very like, it's very denigrating to women in many ways. Yeah. Number 12, you wrote this, that the wrong view of the gospel and believers' baptism and the failure of not being applied to all nations, but is limited to a particular race that the majority of the IFB churches, but not all of them, would only witness to and baptize, this contradicts Matthew 28. And this is so, so true because, again, if you're there, and this isn't true for all the IFB I, I will say this, to be to be gracious, not that all the IFB is entirely racist, but there is a large prevalent, uh, and especially I know the camp mm-hmm. of which that you came from, I know that group of IFB, and yep. that does tend to go with that particular group. Yeah. I told you before I went to uh, – I was on more high-end IFB, like Calvary Baptist yeah. or uh, – um to crown college bob jones so that that sort of racist uh theology wasn't prevalent yeah. in fact it was uh, which is why i think in our church we saw more uh diversity because yeah. it's amazing man when you tell black people that they're cursed they don't yeah. want to go to your church no <laughs> weird right <laughs> yeah. like who wants it, it what's funny is that how all these people are are very conservative, right? They're conservative yeah. even politically, yeah. and they probably and I can I'm I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a prophetic guess, okay? okay? If I had a crystal ball in front of me, I'd be able to tell you that every single one of them hate being being told that they have white privilege. I bet you every single one of them hate being told that they have uh, any specialty because they're white. That yeah. white people have more power and that white people are racist. And I bet you they they all hate being called that. Meanwhile, yeah. they think it's okay to say that you're cursed because mm-hmm. of your skin color. Yeah. Make that make sense. Either it's either skin color yeah. matters or it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. So I will let you take this uh um take this last one yeah. and go ahead and hit number thirteen. Yeah, this, this is the one that's yeah. been killing you today yeah. and yesterday. This and is all my week, favorite, really.
1: It's my favorite point. Um, point number three is uh, r- the reason why I personally left. No, the independent fundamental Baptist movement is the use and misuse of the King James Bible by trying to make it the golden standard and superior to all other translations before and after its making. The false view is saying that the King James is the only perfect word of God that the English people and the rest of the entire world should only use. This is crazy. The translators of the of the, of the KJV would beg a differ because they, the translators, said themselves, it was it was not perfect and would need to be improved upon later. And this entire view, this is it this is what kills me. This entire view violates Second Timothy yeah, Second Timothy three sixteen and also um viol uh, violates um I had the scripture in my head, I can't remember. But it, just, it violates Second uh, uh, Timothy three sixteen because what does Second uh, Timothy three sixteen tells us Now, all scripture, all scripture is you know, is given by the inspiration of God and is for reproof, doctrine, and you know, correction. So here's the thing. Well, no, did we not have the Word of God before sixteen eleven? You know, did not did not you know the sixteen eleven Bible get you know get their you know translated translations? Or their word from different man- manuscripts, and so if these other manuscripts were not perfect, that you in, in, uh, know, to begin with, and the translators of the King James meant to those other no non-biblical, uninspired. Not perfect. No manuscripts you copy the 1611. That means that you know the King James Bible 1611 edition. It was not perfect even to begin with. If you believe that the King James Bible is is only correct.
0: Well, funny because the uh, the letter to the reader is that the King James mm-hmm. writer, the translators even said that that it's not a perfect translation yeah. and that it should always be written in the common tongue and updated because mm-hmm. they, uh, they even knew the difference there. So that's very true. And so these are 13 powerful points. I'm going to copy and paste them and pin them in the YouTube comment below because I think yeah. they're just, they're so well worded and I was actually genuinely, I was like, dang, that's so well said. And uh, honestly, this, kind, this goes into why I think the IFB is going to slowly die. There are some yeah. people that are going to stay you know, there's uh, the friend of yours, and I'm legitimately I feel bad for him because I mean he was the one that was calling, yelling at you, and going crazy on yeah. your Facebook, tried to yell, you know, yell, yell, and call, it, call me. And I just the thing is, is that there comes a point in time where mark those who teach a contrary gospel and avoid them. Yeah. And until you certain people are willing to have that conversation to go, hey, I'm willing to be wrong if you're willing to be wrong. Yeah. If you say if you say that, I go okay. Because I am willing to be wrong. It's funny because I get called arrogant all the time. Never willing to p- change yeah. my positions. If you believe that, you have not wa- watched the church split. Because I have changed my positions on more things than I can count. And I've told personal stories of when someone kicked my butt in an argument, yeah. and I changed my position. I'm more than willing to have my views challenged, but I need to know the person I'm willing to, that wants to talk to me or talk to you. Yeah. And I think this is a general rule that you should apply to right. yourself. If the person's not willing to change their position, yeah. then why argue with them?
1: Right. And here's the thing: you don't hate. The King
0: James Bible. It was like, we no. don't. I have mine right here.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we just don't stand out of the case if we only position. No, because, and here's the reason why. Because all of a sudden what I do is uh, I fast forward, and I as far back as I can go is 1769 or 1611 of my King James. Uh, possibly the Texas Receptus a few years yeah. before that. But really, I can't go into manuscript history and go to the oldest text and say that, hey, um, this is historically accurate all the way down to the closest centuries of Christ, because you say the Alexandrian texts are corrupt, which they're not. They're, only, the only standard by which they're measuring yeah. is they're going, it disagrees with this particular book. Yeah. I could literally have a NASB in front of me yeah. uh, or any other version go, well, the King James disagrees with this must be adding to the word of God. Yeah. And it's the same argument. It's just picking one and comparing all others to that particular one and saying where they any of them disagree, it must be wrong. But again, translating anyone who knows the second language yeah. knows that that's not how translation works. Yeah. I could get into textual history and stuff, but I have a whole series on textual history. I think you you've watched it, right? Yeah, or listened it was, to it. Yeah. It was really good. Um like and that was that was a short version. It's like how do I condense a thousand years into uh, For <laughs> but,
1: the time yeah, you, you did really good.
0: I yeah. say, I well, I appreciate that, that. but honestly, I, and that's why I do this because I do want to help people. I yeah, I um, uh, I joked with your friend earlier today. I said, Well, get busting people out of legalism is my hobby. He's mm. like, I should be following Jesus Christ. I'm like, Yeah, yeah get with the joke, dude. Like, yeah, yeah I I'm doing this because <laughs> yeah. I do love God, and I'm hoping yeah. that helps people understand the fact that no, the word of God is strong and it's pure, it is preserved not just in the 1611. Yeah. But all the way through history and all these other yeah. translations, this is God's word, mm-hmm. and you can hold on to it, and you can know, historically speaking, Amen. we can prove it. And that's a powerful position. It's so much more powerful than picking one arbitrary English yeah. English translation, saying that's got to mm-hmm. be the one. Idolatry. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Well, it is. So it is idolatry. And you recently, um, of course, everyone, if you haven't seen this, watch the episode before, you recently were... Uh, kicked out. Yeah.
1: Literally kicked out. We, no, yes, we still before the church, but if he did not stand before the church, forceful, forceful measures were going to be taken. Yeah.
0: you, you they Basically, he was like, hey, I need you to resign publicly. If you don't do this, I'm going to have to force you to do it anyway, so just do this uh, on your own and make my life easier, essentially, yeah. was, the, was the moral. Yeah. And uh, I know you guys were planning on leaving that church beforehand. Yeah. Uh, you hard. guys were planning on leaving anyway. But that doesn't change the fact that you were kicked out yeah. before you could leave on your own terms Yeah. and in your own your own terms and your own peaceful way and mm-hmm. try to make peace before you left. Instead, that uh, that pin was pulled on the grenade for you. Yeah. Um, and it was forced and told that they would take forceful measures if not. So it, this is – guys, and the reason why we're having this episode, it's not just to – get hot gossip out there it's not to take uh i'll be accused i'll guarantee you i'll be accused of taking advantage of you i'll guarantee you that's gonna happen Um, and uh if what's funny is that it's not that straight up i i have a message i could show before any of this went down i reached out to you to have you come on at some point because i I thought we had his
1: um text messages. yeah i
0: i mean legitimately and Mm -hmm. then it was like well i never thought uh what i said i'll you want to come on for an interview? interview? I was thinking over Skype, not next to me in my house. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean,
1: this is better in person. So yeah,
0: it's way more fun. Yeah. I actually way prefer in- in-person discussions because yeah. it feels natural. And yeah. there's also not internet problems. So. Oh, yes. Anyhow, guys, I hope this was an encouragement to you. Um, I hope Julius's story can help maybe encourage you guys to challenge the status quo a little bit. And also, uh, especially racist theology. I just want to make that my little pin at the end here. Destroy it. Get rid of it. Throw it out. It's just as bad. I mean, the Black Hebrew Israelites say that whiteness is the is the mark of Cain and yeah. the curse of Ham or whatever. And then we have extreme fundamentalists as "Black people, guys, it's not a skin color." Mm-hmm. If you guys are reading that, going it's a skin color, then you're reading that story <laughs> wrong. Okay, it was not. They weren't cursed because of their skin. Yeah, they were I mean, cursed I mean, because I of I what they good, did. Though. Oh goodness, it kills me. It's yeah. biblical illiteracy is dead anymore, and it drives yeah. me nuts. So, and I will say this. Um, I was raised in an IFB light church, but then I went to more extreme uh, as I got older went to colleges. And that's why I excur- encountered real extremism besides some annoying people in my church. But uh, So I'm thankful that I had a pastor that actually taught theology and doctrine, and he was an expository preacher. He really was. I went to college, and I knew a lot of stuff that the other people didn't, but then I got surrounded by extreme crazies, and I was like, no, thank you. So um, anyway, Julius. Uh, with all this being said, I always ask my guests this: You already know what's coming, because I ask all my guests this. How do you think your story here can help unite a divided body?
1: Um, for anybody that grew up in a broken home, anybody that you know was a bus kid, and I know, I, I mean, I know people who are you no know, personally text me. I just want to make this video, just to be encouraging. Me. I was like, my thing is, like, you no, know, you need, you need to know what you believe. And why you believe it, and you should not just go to your pastor or just believe in your pastor and not go and study for yourself. Um, you heard my 13 points, and these are no biblical. I mean, these are biblical reasons why I sincerely left. And I will challenge anybody. You, know, you don't. You do not have to agree with me, but please go out on your own and do your own research from the Bible and see why I'm saying is actually false. Or or does it actually line up with scripture?
0: The other thing is like if you're, you know, for example, King James Onlyus, King yeah. James Onlyists almost have always only read their own sources like Ruckman.com or something. Yeah. Read the other arguments from the people who hold the other position. Learn them. I say this all the time. I know my opponent's arguments better than they do. Why? Because I've studied their position so yes. well that I know where they're going.
1: You can't be biased. You can't, you can For argue. example,
0: I can argue with any uh, person who's pro-choice, and I know every argument they're going to make, and I have a, a, a better counter-argument. And it's not because, oh, I should, I, I'm a pro-abortionist. No, but I know what they're saying, and I understand their mm-hmm. position, yeah. so I can properly represent them and then tackle the actual issue. The problem is everyone I know, everyone I've ever met, who has truly ever studied the issue out, on the other end, the actual textual quote unquote criticism part, which they misunderstand that all the time. If the, the, everyone who I know who's actually gone into the scholarly work has walked out not a King James onlyist. Yep. Because it's the, <laughs> evidence, the evidence is overwhelmingly against it. Yes. It's, there's not a single strong yeah. argument for it. Can, so,
1: I, um, can I recommend a book real fast?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Um,
1: I think you, you have it in your office here, um, James White, the, um, the King James controversy, mm-hmm. and there's another one, shout out to um, Mark Ward for making the book um, authorized. I read it, and that changed my view when I started to look at the King James, not at the word of God, but as a translation. That's what did it for mm-hmm. me.
0: And uh, Mark Ward actually has said he's willing to come on to the show, so I'm well, excited for that. Yeah. So anyway, Julius, thank you, man, and I'm, I'm glad you came on, I'm glad you told thank your you. story, I'm glad you we're able to kind of get it, say it on your own terms a little yeah. bit. And I think that's important that you were able to do that. And I think it's important that people understand the fact that what you did wasn't a flippant decision. You no. were in the IFP for a long time. You kept challenging. it. You went to your pastor multiple times, multiple yeah. people with the questions, because again, you were experiencing the overwhelming yeah. against position, overwhelming evidence against your position. And what you chose to do was you chose to try the other side to see if they have a response. Yeah. And since they didn't, you changed your mind. Yeah. Because 13
1: years in the IFB, and I used the Kings 8 Bible, because, no, I was a KJV. on I did, I hate to, hated the to TSV and all these other verses, but I was like, my team was like, I cannot be biased. I was like, I love truth more than anything else, yep. and I came out... Not being a case, be only... Well, as six. Jesus
0: said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. So, anyway, thank you, Julius, for that. Guys, yeah. if you haven't liked and subscribe to The Church Split. Like, give Julius uh, some encouragement in the comments below on YouTube. And uh, if you haven't, uh, leave a five-star review and tell uh, tell Julius how awesome he is, even though he is a, a Michigan State <laughs> Spartans fan. What are you trying to say? I'm just... That <laughs> they're not as cool as the Wolverines, that's all. Uh,
1: the Bible says it's not good for, uh, for us to lie.
0: Uh, oh, well, yeah. the Bible also says not to show partiality, so... Um, maybe we should, we, maybe we should have just put our fights (laughs) away. (laughs) All right, guys, take care and I'll see you next time on the church split.